0: And we're looking at Mark chapter 9. (coughs) And we're reading there from verses 1 to 8, and then from 14 to 29. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there be some of them that stand here, which shall not taste of death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leads them to a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, So that no fuller on earth can whiten them. And there appeared unto them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, for he didn't know what to say, for they were sore, afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear him. And suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. And then turning to verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he's come down from the mountain into the valley as it were, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioned him with them. And straightway all the people when they beheld him, they were greatly amazed. And running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question you with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he takes him, he tears him, and he foams and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straight away the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? and he said, of a child. And oftentimes it's cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Straight away the father, uh, uh, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou deaf and dumb spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. When he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast them out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Um, the authorised version has fasting. Many of the other versions just says this comes, cannot come out except by prayer. And they leave the fasting out. Uh, okay. We're looking there, whenever we look at this Mount of Transfiguration, you know, absolutely incredible. We're really moving into the realm of the supernatural, perhaps more than any other. And I want to say, first of all, that the supernatural is not something that we do. It's something that's done to us by God. It's God working. It's God appearing. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the Bible, the Bible is absolutely full of the supernatural. When you got saved, when you came to Jesus and confessed your sins and accepted him as your saviour, there was a working in your spirit. You couldn't do a thing about it. You didn't have to be clever. You didn't have to be strong. You didn't have to be wealthy. You just had to come and believe. And God did the work within you. And it was a wonderful work. Um, You know, I often wonder, I've never had the opportunity to do this, but if you told a believer what had happened on this mountain, that Christ himself, his face was glowing like the sun, his clothes were as white as snow, and there appeared under him Moses and Elijah. What would the believers say? What non-believers say to you? They they would just think you were mad. Um, The key to entering into this is, of course, the key of faith. We come by faith. We see it by faith. It's very, very interesting that Peter, many years and years after, he couldn't get this out of his mind. He never said, oh, this is an, a hallucination that I've seen. This is my imagination. No, not my imagination. This is the Lord himself. And you can read it in 2 Peter. And he says... Uh, for we have not followed cunningly advised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he see from God the Father honour and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. So it had a tremendous impression upon Peter. We, we also see in this, uh, this passage something of the compassion of Jesus. Because uh, if you look at the other Gospels, you'll find an account of this in three of the Gospels. It's not in the Gospel of John. It's in Matthew, Mark and Luke. And one of the other Gospels says this, that when they were filled with fear, they fell on their faces and Jesus put his hand upon them and said, don't be afraid, get up. And if you, if you look at the book of Revelation, you see something very, very similar where you see John uh, has a vision of Christ walking among the candlesticks and it's the same kind of thing when you think of it I don't think we've got a clue of what the beauty and the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ is like what a wonderful treasure that we have been given that we should know him and love him one day we will see him as he is we will see that glory shining and we will be transformed, we will be like him in the twinkling of an eye he's made that promise, he will keep it and so we see then that we we come into this area by faith uh, we look now the scene changes and we're going down the mountain and we're coming into the most chaotic kind of scene that you could imagine imagine there are people rushing about arguing there is a manifestation of uh, satanic oppression and uh, jesus comes into into this situation you now i i wonder i'm not sure about this maybe he was given that tremendous experience of that glory and majesty shining through so that his faith would be high when he came down below. There's a teaching here for all of us. If we have a a great experience in God, if the blessing of God is upon us and we're moving well and everything's going well, we have to safeguard those blessings of God because the devil loves to come and attack when we've got a moment when we're on the mountain. You find it In in the baptism of Christ, exactly the same kind of thing. When Christ was baptised, which was a moment of great glory, what happened? The devil came immediately and tempted him in the wilderness. And so Jesus comes down into this situation. And the, the scribes who had been arguing with his disciples come running up straight away, They beheld him, and it says, and they were greatly amazed. Whether, it's not explained what they were amazed about, whether it was simply the presence of Christ. Maybe his face, I don't know, maybe his face was still shining from the glory. I'm speculating, so that's not gospel. Um, But anyway, they were amazed. Perhaps it was simply the presence of the Lord himself which is a wonderful thing. And, and so he comes into this situation. And this poor father, who must have been going out of his mind, he has an only son, which holding told in the other gospel, that's his only child. And the poor kid is filled with demonic activity. He's been possessed by a demon. And Jesus comes into this situation, and you know, I really love this, because immediately, immediately, the Lord takes control. And what does he say? He answered unto him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Whenever Satan comes on the scene, Jesus is the boss. That's what he's saying here. I am the boss of this. All power is given under me in heaven and in earth and there's nothing too difficult for me. And so Jesus says, bring him unto me. I'm going to deal with this here and now. And then the, the, the Father turns to Jesus and says, if thou can If thou can, help me, have compassion upon me. And Jesus turns it round. It's not if I can. It's if you can. If you can what? If you can believe. If you can have faith. And this is what the whole chapter is about. It's about belief. And Jesus Christ has already said what he feels about non-belief. Oh, faithless generation. That's that's a rebuke. And if you read through the book of Mark, you find many times there's a rebuke for unbelief. Um, When they're crossing in the boat and the storm comes up and the disciples wake up and say, Help us, Lord, you know, why are we hindered like that? And what does the Lord say to them? He says, Don't have unbelief, be faithful, don't fear. And then again, we had, we had a scripture, I think it was last week or the week before last, from Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus. And he says words to the disciples. O oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the Gospel has said about me. So what is, has what is the Father got to believe? Believe. Believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Well, the first thing he's got to believe is to believe in Jesus, as he really is. And I think, looking at it, The father obviously does have faith. He comes to Jesus. He calls him Lord. He comes and asks him to have compassion. But it wasn't a complete faith. It wasn't a total faith. You know, it's great encouragement for me here. God doesn't expect me to have perfect faith. He does not. Who's got perfect faith without a blemish in it? Nobody has. It says in, uh, I think it's in Psalm 103, as a father pities his child, so the Lord pities me. He knows knows me. He knows my frame. He knows that I'm dust. And I think God makes allowances. Not saying don't have faith. But God makes allowances. God is compassionate and merciful. And I thank God for that. Um, And so we see Jesus, first of all, rebuking unbelief, faithless generation. And then again, commending faith. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. What what have you got to believe? Well, um, you haven't got a full understanding of who I am. This is basically what the Lord is saying. You know, we can come to the Lord and we can be saved, praise the Lord for that. But we may have a a lesson complete of understanding in who he is. And this is why, first of all, Jesus is ever talking about who he is. He's God come in the flesh. You find it many, many times in the scriptures. When Philip says to him, show us the Father, and that will suffice us. What does Jesus say? He says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And many, many other times, when he, I think is in an interview between Jesus and the high priests, and Jesus, uh, he questions Jesus, who, are, who you are. You've said that you're the son of the blessed. And Jesus' reply to that is, you're absolutely right. That's who I am. I'm not just a man. I'm a man, but more than a man. All power is given unto me. What, what is there? What is there that Jesus cannot do? And what I like about this, you know, the message of this morning is for us. To walk in faith. How do I do that? Is there any advice that we, can, that we can have that we become people of great faith? You know, it must be a terrible thing when your faith stops growing. I was thinking about this the other day. You can be in the Lord for year after year after year. And you're still the same as you were two or three years ago. You haven't grown one inch. That's, that's not Christianity. Faith is energy. Faith is movement. Faith is Jesus working in your life. Still the same. Still the same Lord. Still does the same thing. Still got a healing touch. Still willing to deliver us from the evil one. Still ready to bless us. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I was looking, uh, looking around this hall. What, what is our goal for us as a community of believers here? What is our goal? Well, one, one goal should be that Jesus will bring in unbelievers and they will get saved. And Jesus will fill this hall for his glory and his praise. He can do that. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. If we get together and we have one concentrated vision and one goal and one purpose, God could come and turn us inside out in the twinkling of an eye. He's well able to do that and he wants to do that. And all we have to do is to move in faith. Where does our faith come from? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You'd never find in the Bible Jesus did very, very little without people coming to him. Remember the woman with the hemorrhage? She pushed through the crowd, I must touch Jesus. And he said, Thy faith has made thee whole. And wherever you look, it's again, it's the Father coming to Jesus. Faith is movement. Faith is not sitting down doing nothing. And the more the Word of God comes to us and lives within us, the more faith we'll have. There's simple rules of faith, aren't there? We pray. We're doing what, what you're doing today. We're coming together and having fellowship. And our faith should be building if we come together like this. If it's not, there must be something wrong with us. But we are people of faith. What do we, we, we believe? We believe in the supernatural. You know, There's a tremendous attack today against Christianity. Friends, we're in a crisis. We really are. I had some correspondence from South Korea. Now, in South Korea, they're well known for their Christianity. One in every four of them are saved. And they're saying we're in crisis here. We've got corruption in the leadership. We've got materialism in the church. We've got unbelief. But I really believe that God's going to change that. We know how the thing's going to end. God's not going to let the church fade away and perish Spent thousands of years dealing with it and building it up. Thank God for those who've gone before. You know, Spurgeon saw the problems that were coming up. You know who Spurgeon is? Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Great man of God. If you want faith, read about the There's some of the men and women of God in the past. Read about Spurgeon. A genius. The Prince of Preachers. He preached every Sunday to 6,000 people in the Metropolitan Tabernacle. He didn't have advertising and all the technical stuff that we've got today. They always, they always had people saved. There were people praying, the Spirit was moving. But the supernatural even then was attacked. Because Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was involved in the Baptist Union, had a huge influence. It. He withdrew from the Baptist Union. Why did he? It's called, you can read about it. It's called the downgrade controversy. And what had happened, a lot of wrong theological teaching had come in. And the end of that teaching was no miracles, no supernatural, no virgin birth, no resurrection, no angels. What do you believe today? I hope you believe in angels. I hope you believe in the resurrection of the believer. I hope you believe that Jesus is still moving in the same way that he ever did, And he's there to help me. And he's there to cast out demons. And he's there to rule over Satan. Doesn't mean to say I've got to be foolish. I need to be wise. But I need to... How How do I resist a devilish attack? I do it by the blood of Christ and the word of my testimony. And the word of my testimony is Jesus is Lord and has got the victory over you. And so we get these false teachings coming in, but we're resisting them. And you know what? I'm greatly encouraged. What a challenge today. What a challenge. They're probably some of the most difficult times the church has ever been through. That great thing of materialism and secularism. All I want to believe is what I can see and touch. Must have more of this and more of that. What a, what a, what a society where you've got to have two people going out to work to keep going. It's hard, no, it? it's difficult. a difficult life to live and all around us we see the things that are going on that disgust us as a Christian we want to live holy lives, listen Jesus will allow us to do that the same yesterday today and forever we call him friend and brother he's the prince of the kings of the earth he's the lord of glory and he's with us and he's not going to let it the church shrivel up and die no way no way thank God this morning that we have a great savior i hope you know him i hope you put your hand into the hand of the man of galilee you've had a change on the inside you've got a new outlook a new purpose in life a new spirit It's a wonderful life. If you've got Jesus, you've got everything. What more do you want? The riches that are in Christ. All wisdom and knowledge are in Him. All compassion, all love is there. And so, what do we need? We need faith. And you know what the Bible says. It has to be a faith that worketh by love. You find in the Bible, faith and love often go together. Now abideth these three, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Faith that works by love. Faith gives me a love for the blessed Redeemer. Faith gives me a love for his people. Faith will never fail. Never, never, never. And God will do a work if we will believe. If thou canst believe, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. God can make changes. <clears throat> I'm just speaking, I don't know about you at the moment. I can't speak for you. But I know what God is saying to me in my own life. He's given me a kind of a spirit of desperation, if you like. I don't think I've prayed as much as I have the last couple of years in the whole of my Christian career. He's calling people to get closer to him. Get closer to him. Get closer to him. What a wonderful thing to be close to Jesus. You know, let me just finish with this. What a privileged people we are. Ha! Huh. You can take this world and the foolish, silly heroes that they have I'll take Jesus any day of the week. He's walking with us. He loves us. He will never let us go. And one day, he will take us to share his own glory. Praise ye the Lord.